What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Fred Moore. Uh, today's episode is going to be with a firefighter out of Maryland. He lives by the Chesapeake Bay. He, his name is Tyler Rago. He works out in his shed swinging heavy kettlebells and mace. Um, I'm going to make this introduction really quick because the podcast is kind of a long one, but I want to point out that the information contained in this episode and every single episode that I've done so far with these great guests are a gold mine of information. This information is free for you to use at your disposal. Bring it in if you're a coach and use this information to coach your clients. That's what this is for, okay? Um, I just ask one simple thing and one simple thing only, and that is to make sure you subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Spotify, and write me a review. If you could do that for me, I could keep this podcast going. So listen, I really want to get to the podcast, but I also have to give a shout out to our sponsors, Addicts Mason Clubs. Addicts, use the discount code SMN2020. You get discount off of uh, the Addicts Arc, the Addicts Clubs, the Fat Handles, the Freestyle, whatever. Also, make sure you check out Vintage Strength Training. Vintage Strength Training presents movements and lifting performed hundreds of years ago using dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, clubs, and mace. Uh, the person, the individual that is behind Vintage Strength Training is Valerie Pulaski. She's been on the podcast several times. She's also responsible or one of the responsible people for the Vintage Strength Games. Uh, we know that Vintage Strength Games is uh, – involves addicts, it involves Mace Fit, it involves um, Brad Hutchinson, Valerie, uh, you know, a whole host of characters. So it's, that's a big thing that uh, she helped kick off. And um, yeah, check out Vintage Strength Training for that. Also make sure you check out MaceFit.com. Go to MaceFit.com and if you want to purchase the certification program, use the discount code MaceFit2020, and you will get a coaching call from Frank DeMeo, who is the guy who created the entire MaceFit program, the whole entire thing. I mean, he's, he's a super talented individual, 70 years young. Right now, he is um, promoting his book called Aging Ruthlessly. And you know what? It is a good book for anybody. I don't care if you're 15 years old, because the concepts behind it what he's trying to teach people as they're aging, how to you know, stay healthy and stay fit. It's, it's relevant. It's important. So please check all that out. And also, uh, they have Mace Fest coming up pretty soon. And uh, Mace Fest is swinging mace on the beach and barbecuing. And I know you need to know about that. So go check that out too. Make sure you also check out Graziella Coffee Company. Buy a bag of coffee from Tony Ponte who brew, uh, brews. He roasts his beans in Brooklyn, which, uh, and then if you use the discount code Mace Nation 15, you get a 15% discount. And lastly, don't forget about Ongo Energy Spray. I'm sure you guys have probably heard about Ongo Energy Spray a lot from me. Um, I love it. It's three sprays in your mouth and you get 75 milligrams of caffeine. It works like that. It doesn't bloat you, it doesn't have to make you pee, and it doesn't give you coffee breath. 
So use that if you're going to train a client and you need a little energy. Use that if you want to, you know, do a max deadlift and rip some weight off the floor. Or, you know, you just had one of those days and you just need a quick pick-me-up. Uh, use the discount code SteelMace25 and get 25% off and you are on your way. Let's get to the podcast, everybody. Thank you very much. Tyler Rego, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we've been talking for uh, a little while on Instagram about um, training and stuff like that. And of course, uh, about you coming on the podcast. And finally, it's happening. Uh, we've <laughs> made the time for to do this. So let's do it, man. How you been? I can't complain, man. Thank you so much for having, uh, having me. And uh, yeah, excited to get into it. And unpack some things and maybe learn a few things. And yeah, I'm excited, man. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know where uh, we we actually started talking about things or whatever. Uh, we found each other, and you 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 said you're a fireman too. Um, yeah. And you did yeah. mention an issue with an injury, um, and then also we touched base from time to time about like what type of training firefighters can do to you know benefit them on their job and things like that and you you know i i see like you know you're using kettlebells you're using mace mm -hmm. um you're, you're strong man your kettlebell work is impressive <laughs> and thank you it looks like you have quite an arsenal and you spent quite a lot of money on those bad boys but what's great is they don't go bad so they're always there for you yeah they'll, they'll be here long after i'm gone so yeah, um, hand-me-downs to the next generation, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, I have, um, as far as the injury goes, uh, I got a traumatic brain injury, actually, um, uh, almost a year ago, and I'm still kind of uh, recovering from that. It was uh, pretty unexpected and, you know, doing my best to try and deal with things. It actually, um, at first, impacted the training quite a bit. Um, you know, if you get your heart rate up to a certain, you know, above 120 for a while, you end up with a headache. But things are, things are starting to uh, look better um, with that. And also there was a shoulder injury, but um, what the mace has been able to do as far as helping me get the shoulder back together has been phenomenal. You know, initially um, I, uh, it was a partial dislocation. I was knocked down a flight of stairs. I was on the second floor of a, of a house fire. Um, you know, low visibility. Somebody ran out. I was pulling a pulling line up to my uh, my nozzle, and, and um, I got knocked down. Went down backwards, smashed my head. Uh, it was a partial dislocation of the shoulder, tore the rotator cuff. Um, I think the work that I'd been doing with the mace and the kettlebells prior to the injury, the doctor said that the the shoulder girdle, the strength of the shoulder, the musculature of the shoulder. Uh, help the injury be um, not as bad as it could have been. So um, just been doing my best to rehab it. I took uh, a long time before I started pressing overhead. The doctor initially said I wouldn't get, you know, much higher, but they look at me go now. <laughs> um, There's such um, pessimists. And I, I do attribute a lot of that to – I know they really are. Well, I think with, you know, with, with injuries, they want to get you into that – that system where it starts off with, all right, let's let's rehab for a while. Okay, let's do surgery for a while. And they get you into that that um, that cycle, that you know, rehab, surgery, rehab, 
tabs, medication, and you're never really, once you have surgery on something, I feel like you're never really going to be 100%. And um, there's a lot that could be said for, um, you know, doing the, the, the rehab prior to surgery and just being in shape in the first place. Because um, you look at, you know, the fire service, what usually retires guys, you know, backs, shoulders, things like that. Um, and the shoulder being the most complex joint in the body, you know, a lot of guys think, well, I have, you know, I have this, I have a huge bench press, my shoulders are good, my shoulders are solid, but um, you, you're only really running that one plane of motion. You know, you're, you're number one, you're, you're flat on your back, so you're basically, you're taking your, your lower body completely out of the movement, but you're really working that one plane of motion. Again, even if it's, if it's seated and you're doing an incline, you know, you're still really only working that one plane of motion. Shoulders not built to just go back and forth like that, um, which is where um, the mace has become. And, and, and you know, it's funny. I say it's it's become so popular now. You know, the the earliest records of using a mace for fitness goes back to about. 5000 BC, you know, with the, with the, um, the, the Palwani wrestlers in India, you know, they are hieroglyphics of Egyptians with, you know, these, these maces and whatnot, because um, it's what the warriors used. And obviously they found out that if, hey, if I, if I swing this thing and it's 10 pounds over what I use in battle, I'm a badass with what I, what I use. And so um, really one, one of the greatest things besides, you know, the almost full body benefits of the mace is what get going circling back to my shoulder injury you know what it's been able to do where it, it keeps that full you know that entire range of motion you're working every single every single plane of motion with the shoulder the way it's supposed to be worked and not just the um benching and whatnot not that i'm not that i'm i'm not you know knocking anyone who wants to have a huge bench i'm just talking about how it relates to real-world application and and the fire service you know yeah, um, and you're looking great oh sorry i'm sorry no no, no, no. go ahead go ahead but yeah. well, you're looking at the career of a firefighter yeah as something that requires a um a focused look at how we move what we're doing on the job and relating it to how our physical training is right. and and I agree, you know, yeah, everything is fine. Bench press, squats, whatever. Yep. Great. Keep doing them. But you got to also consider longevity, how the job beats you up, what you need to do in the job. And, you know, just speaking of the bench press, if that's your main go-to exercise for building up shoulder strength and chest and everything, does that really help when, you know, you're potentially getting into a, a jam uh, maybe like you mentioned in this particular fire you were in where you fell down the stairs, low visibility, but a firefighter working in low visibility, things go cross, things get shitty real quick and, um, you know, perfect form and everything falls out the window and now you're just right. kind of clamoring and now your shoulders in a compromised position and your mobility is poor. doesn't matter how much you can bench press you could still screw up your shoulder badly, if not worse. You could tear it up and that's right. it. Unless, yeah, I mean, unless you're, unless you're pinned, you know, unless you're, you're flat on your back and this is what you have to do to get yourself out of that, you know, out of that situation, which sometimes. Rare. 
you know. Um, and, and what, well, yeah, right, you know, and, and one could argue if you're, if you're flat on your, you know, flat on your stomach, you need to push yourself, you know, if you have like a ceiling fans dropped on your whatever. Um, I, I seem to think that, you know, as you mentioned, you know, chest, shoulders and things like that, I think, um, and longevity, uh, there, there are better things that you can do for yourself, like dips, you know, I think, yeah. um, dips hit your, dips hit your chest, unlike anything you know and, and people say well you plateau with dips get a dip belt and put a kettlebell on it you know and, and try you know try and try and do you know your your body weight plus 25 pounds your chest is going to be massive um you know it's 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 also really hard to get the uh, the rear delts you know dips are going to do all that for you and there's also a bit of um more of a real real world application than again yeah. lying flat on your back and going up and down i feel like i'm just absolutely trashing the bench press right now <laughs> no, but um this comes the, up a lot i mentioned yeah, the same yeah. thing too which with bench press and and i'm I, like i like yeah man i'm always down on it and meanwhile I, I was just bench pressing the other day and having a good workout that's not <clears> what we're doing here yeah we're, right right what we're what we're saying is is look beyond the bench press and it's not the ultimate exercise. And actually, and, you know, I'm not the one that's saying this. I picked this up from other professionals out there. They'll say, maybe the bench press isn't quite for you, you know, you, whoever you are. And I started to realize the bench press isn't really a great exercise for somebody like me. I have very right. long arms, and I can't do heavy weight. I could do dips like crazy with, with a 55-pound um, a weight vest on. Mm -hmm. or hanging weight from a chain i could do dips like that and my chest is destroyed after that in a good oh, way yeah yeah and yeah. i'm like dude this is way better for me for some reason bench press i struggle at 200 pounds i'm like having the a hell of a time doing it and it's just i'm not good at it and you know what i don't have time to play around with trying to get good at bench press when really what i want to do is move well for my job and i just want to have lean muscle mass right and the only I guess my only, as you said, you know, longevity, that, that's an issue. And especially, and we can get into that a little bit more with the deadlift about how um, risk versus reward, so on and so forth. But, you know, just to, to put the, um, a, a little bit more perspective on the bench press and how it relates to the fire service, um, you know, you th think about on the, on the job when you have to do that, that motion, like you're forcing a door. You're throwing a ladder, you know. There, there are, you know, a lot of situations where we where we push. And when you think about the bench press, like I said before, you're you're taking your lower body out of the equation, and it's the same as throwing a punch. It's the same as anything else. It starts in your feet. It starts in your legs. You know, you you create a a, a, a power chain throughout your entire body to where you know I've never seen anybody just, you know force a door using just their arms you know you see guys they, they you know people put, put their ass into it you know and, and whether you're you have to end up swinging a sledgehammer at it or you're you know you can just gracefully you know academy pop a door you know um you when when it's you know four o'clock in the morning and you're exhausted and you're sluggish from the chinese food that you, you had for dinner and your, your, your lieutenant your lieutenant is screaming at you to you know to, to open the door and you're trying to figure it out you're not just using your arms you know you're you're digging in you're trying to get your feet planted and you're really putting everything that you have into it i think that there are 
other exercises out there that that will promote that power that that chain of power that comes up from your feet and uh, i like to think of it almost like a whip you know you start that that powerful movement and it comes out in 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 front of your arms you know and um everyone always says technique 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 it's true if you know how to use your body correctly you're gonna pop that door you're gonna you're, you're gonna throw that 24 you're gonna throw that 35 you know you're gonna you're going to be able to do all these things if you know how you're using your body. Whereas if you just kind of focus on, like I said, that one plane of movement and you're completely taking half of your body out of um, the, the equation, you know, I just don't see the benefits for that. It's the same thing with, I think you and I talked about um, a conversation I had with somebody who, you know, he said that he was chasing a 500 pound deadlift. That's awesome. You know, if you can if you can pick 500 pounds up off the ground, that is that's incredible. Uh, with having someone that can do that on the fire ground, that's cool. If I need you to help me lift the bariatric patient onto a stretcher and just put them down, you know, like if you if if I need you to, um, or if you need to lift 500 pounds off the ground, hold it for two or three seconds, and then put it back down. Great. You know, and his his whole thing was, and he was a, he was a driver. I said, well, what if I have to, you know, hand jack um, supply lines? That that's what I want. I'm just trying to get better at that. That's cool. Then you know, pick up a couple kettlebells or a couple of dumbbells and go for a walk. You know, don't <laughs> you know, like you know, you're again, you know, you're um, the practical applications. And I think with the th things like the deadlift and the bench press, they become so popular, they become a marker of overall strength. What's your bench? You know, you play with the mace, but you know, what's your bench? I don't know, I haven't benched in like two years. Like, you know, I haven't I haven't benched in two years, to which I say, you know, hey, what's what's your overhead press? What's your Turkish get up? Yeah. What's your, what's your bent press? You know, like what, you know, what do you, you know, like what's your, what, what can you farmers carry? You know, like, can you, can you rack to 40 kilo kettlebells and go for a walk? Um, you know, and then it's the blank, blank stairs, you know, a, a Turkish what, you know? <laughs> so, right. um, you know, and it's, again, chasing, chasing a 500 pound deadlift is, is definitely an accomplishment if you, if you can get it. To me personally, we spoke about longevity, the risk versus reward, you know, um, a lot of sports organizations have moved away from deadlifting. They've gone more towards cleans, power cleans, hanging cleans. They find it to be um, more, you know, more effective. But at the same time, if you have your Division One athlete or your, you know, million-dollar football, you know, your million-dollar quarterback or your, you know, million-dollar goalie blow their back out trying to deadlift 300 pounds. Or if you're just, you know, if, if you're a firefighter making 25 bucks an hour and you blow your back out uh, on a lifting platform and now, you know, your career is screwed, you know, like there's, again, the, the risk versus reward of the deadlift seems to be not worth it to me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas you can do things like safer, lower impact movements that work more again that plane that plane of motion like a kettlebell swing 
or or the mace, you know, things that are more designed to move how the body moves, whereas just standing in a static position, lifting something up and putting it back down. Is yeah. it an indicator of strength? Yeah, I mean, if you can deadlift a lot of weight, you're obviously very strong. Um, but I really think that if you want to get a strong deadlift, it's because you want to get a strong deadlift. If you want to get a big bench press, having having a huge bench press is indicative of being strong enough to have a big bench press. Yeah. You know, and, and but again, as we discussed, um, all those other, again, planes of motion, you know, uh, someone can bench press a lot, but I've seen people struggle with a 50 pound kettlebell going straight overhead. These are guys who can bench press like 300 and plus. But if you put something here with that complete range of motion, because you see a lot of guys on an incline bench, their arms are out here already. Yep. Yep. So you're, 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 you're missing 50% of your, almost 50% of that complete range of motion with a, a kettlebell or a dumbbell while you're here going all the way up. You see guys out here like this, you know. Yep, and, and you're also training yourself to move in a pattern that makes your shoulder weaker, which yeah. you, you, you think maybe not, but if you do something over and over again that way, that's – called training and you're educating yeah. your body to move that way so when you're on the fire ground and you have to do something overhead and push you're automatically go to where you're comfortable where you taught yourself yeah. arm comes out shoulders weak and then you wonder why your shoulder is hurting really bad the next day when you wake up right and again yeah it's that you know being being out here or even being, you know, on the, the, the overhead, overhead press or the incline press, you're still only getting that, that singular plane of motion. Right. Um, with, with me, you know, a, a couple of friends of mine, I, I love, like one of my favorite exercises is just the strict press, you know, you, you rack heavy and you just get it up over your head. You know, that, that to me is one of my favorite things, but in order to work complete, the, the all heads of the delt, I do, uh, it's a three to one row to press ratio. So for every one row I do, I'm doing three rows um, just to get the rear delt, just to make sure I'm getting every single plane of motion. Wait, say that, that one more time. What's your ratio and, and what do you do? So it's, it's, a, it's a three to one. For every one overhead press that I do, I follow it, or I, I don't immediately follow it. But for every one overhead press that I do, I'm doing three rows. Okay. Because the um, so yeah, so if I do you know <clears throat> over overhead press workout, I match it up, add three rows, just so I'm getting everything. Because I feel like the rear delt is like it's like a calf muscle, you know, like it's 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 not it's not e really easy to work out. It's not really easy to hit. Um, you can look at yourself in a mirror and you can see, you know, if you have a boulder, boulder shoulders and you turn around, you're like, and it just drops off back here, you know? Yes. Um, but, uh, but so yeah, getting there, getting, making sure that you're getting, um, that, that motion as well, because that on the, again, on the fire ground, it's going to help you drag something because when you get tired and your legs are gassed and you got to plant and pull and plant and pull and reset and pull, you know, those rows are going to get you. Yeah, and when you say drag something for mm -hmm. people who may not be in the fire service listening to this, 
what we're talking about is either a victim or a fellow firefighter who went down yep. on the job. So this particular moment is like the pivotal moment of firefighting. I mean, you're, that's what you're there for, for life safety. And yep. that's you're, all the, the stakes are high. Their life is on the line. And it's also your life too, because you're in the shit trying to get this person out. And this is the last time you want your body to fail or get hurt or anything. You want to be able to accomplish that mission. You want to get out and you want to get your brother firefighter out of the fire with you. So Absolutely. 100%. stakes are high. And what you're talking about is simple, basic stuff. Train the back, the posterior chain, so you can pull when your legs give out. Yep. 100%. I could not agree with you more. Um, posterior chain. Uh, I'll, I'll, and even like best case, best case scenario with us, if we're dragging something, we, we drag a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know, whether it's, you know, behind us, you know, whether, whether we're pulling like this, um, nothing that we drag is going to be light. And whether it's again, hand jacking hose line, running with the hose line at some, at some point, you're going to have a hundred feet of hose on your shoulder and you're going to be dragging something behind you. And yeah. if you're lucky enough to have a, if you're lucky enough to have a free hand, you know, you might be carrying something else. You, you might be the lineman and forcible entry while your Lieutenant goes and does the 360 while your lieutenants, you know, w whatever, I don't know what they call it all over the place, but the 360, your can report, whatever it is, yeah, size, um, up. size up at some point, you're going to be dragging something <laughs> you know truck guys with the ladders you know you throw throw all your tools on a 24 and you're just dragging it across a lawn you know and ideal conditions you know you're you're doing what you did in the academy you're doing what you do in a parking lot and training you're doing what you do uh on the apron in front of the station where you have nice level flat concrete and you can yeah. see and there aren't trees and roots and fences and it hasn't been raining and the, the yard isn't, you know, soaked in mud, dogs, you know, people literally, you know, throwing, you know, puppies out of windows for you to, you know, so best case scenario, you're still under a great deal of physical and mental stress. But as you said, when it comes down to it, if the situation arises where it's your brother or sister firefighter, or if it's, someone's you know mom father family member and you have to drag them down a hallway and you know in that hallway is going to be an engine crew in that hallway is going to be hoses and guys doing their thing it's it's like a mosh pit and you got to be able to navigate and you still got to be you know like you still you still got to be able to get out and get down and it's not always just a straight shot if you're you know order house or if you've got to navigate two flights of stairs or whatever it be and then you still got to get them out of the house yeah. so um that's so and again as you touched on the posterior chain is just so important you know i um and that's that's anything as far as far as I'm concerned, it's anything from you know the occiput down to your to your heels, everything. Um, training your back so you don't blow your back out, so you don't. I mean, there are major muscle groups back there that if they get taxed, you know, it's the same as when your legs go out. You know, once your 
your triceps, your your lats, your traps, your lower back especially. That's what you always see guys stretching and bending over, you know. <laughs> but once that once that gas is on you, so much power is derived from your posterior chain. And once that gas is on you, you know, it's it's like um, you know, one of the, one of the things I had, I'd always hear from guys the day after a fire or the day after a cut. I was on a squad for a little while. Oh man, my forearms! Like I can't, can't, like I can't, I couldn't even, you know, hold a beer. Like man, my hands, you know, um, that ties into the core. You know, if you're just trying to, to gut something out, if you're standing there static with a 72 pound cutter or spreader, you know, you're gonna you're gonna smoke yourself. But so I liken the posterior chain to your grip once your grip goes you can't hold anything you can't you know you, you even even if you're trying to you know get a line under your arm and pin yourself up against the wall however you're trying to hold on to something once your grip goes i mean there, there's not much left for you after that yeah i had a, a conversation with a, a, another new jersey fireman and his, uh, he liked doing sandbag training that was like his big thing yeah. and he said he had a he grabbed the victim and he literally like pinch gripped through his, he had a glove on or, you know, firefighter gloves are very thick and you, you miss a lot of dexterity. He used his glove yeah. and he grabbed the person's clothing with like a pinch grip and dragged them out. And he said that he was able to do it because sandbags, you know, they have those little yeah. flaps that you could hold and, and he trains with them daily and, he had a strong developed grip and um, he felt very strongly that, that he wouldn't have been able to do anything unless he had that developed already. So there you go to that point you made. Yeah. I think so, so much, you know, we, we were talking about strength indicators before about how, you know, a lot of guys say, well, my, I got a 350 bench, so I got to be strong. Okay. Whatever. But if somebody shakes your hand and they can rip your whole arm off to me, uh, a great indicator of overall strength is that that grip you know um yeah a, a buddy of mine um said that you know if you if you don't have that strong grip it's almost like having you know power just run out of, of your body yeah leak. once your once your grip goes yeah yeah exactly you have you have a power leak if that if your grip isn't isn't there um a lot of things changed for me strength wise and training wise uh, after I abandoned and I say abandoned because I literally have now that I think about it but when, once I, I left barbell for kettlebell and mace um, I started to really like the uh, the forearm the grip pump that I would get yeah. just from doing tire slams tire slams the sledgehammer you know and I'm like I need to develop that a little bit more Though that was one of my weaknesses was was grip strength, and you know besides seeing guys tie a little string to you know a plate and doing the yeah. you know <laughs> trying to get that yeah. trying to get, trying to build their forearms up you know boring um, yeah yeah but then you know so seeing um, so I really I wanted to chase the uh, that that pump that I would get when I was doing tire slams and I love that's that right yeah. around when. Uh, Chase the the forearm pump. You're yeah, right. That, that like that grip because you know like that that feeling you have after like if you've been working with a mace or, or kettlebells or something and you got that like that that grip you know you got that that feeling like you could just crush a cue ball and you're like yeah. oh hell yeah <laughs> you know I feel 
you know, I never, I never experienced that when I was doing, um, you know, but barbell stuff. And again, maybe I was just doing it wrong. Someone might say that like, well, maybe you just weren't training barbell. Right. But, um, that might be everybody, everybody is going, that might be the case, but it's like, um, when we're training, especially when we're young and we start learning how to train in the gym and we're doing dumbbells and barbells and things like that, somebody might hopefully say to you, like, you know, don't forget to crush the bar, bend the bar, you know, turn your elbow pits, whatever. But a lot of that isn't yeah. emphasized. I don't, I hardly ever saw it emphasized. Um, sometimes you hear it, but you're always looking for the pump on the pec or whatever. And, Right. And, you know, how many reps am I doing? Am I doing 8 to 12 or am I doing 15 today? You know, and then it becomes all that. And right. I just think the emphasis isn't there. And then when you do kettlebells and when you do mace, it's not long before you start to realize, like, damn, I really got to concentrate on my grip here. It's My grip right. is like, like everything for these things. So yes. it's just yes. that particular modality really complements that. And I feel like – you know, if you really want to be an all-round uh, functional athlete or whatever, it, 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 look, even if you want to go and just be a bodybuilder and just, you know, be cut up and jacked, it, it still would benefit you to complement your training with mace and kettlebell. Well, at 100%. And um, I think, uh, you know, so I think to two, two of the best bits of advice that I've ever gotten, I follow a guy on uh, Instagram, uh, Steve. Coons, he's a rhino strength. Um, yeah, I just yeah, started Steve, following him. Steve, yeah, Steve is, you know, he's um, strong. I don't know if he's human or not. You know, he's he, definitely he, rhino strength. He's like a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and his advice, you know, I asked him like a long a long time ago. I uh, I was talking to him and I was just like, what? I, I was just chasing this big overhead press. I've always been chasing a bigger Turkish getup and things like that, and he. His advice was always like, try to rip the handle off, crush the handle, um, you know, and stay stay tight in your lifts when it comes to kettlebells, um, and just rep, learn good form, and rep the hell out of whatever movement it is that you want to do. Um, so do a lot of volume. That was, that was some. Definitely have your volume days, you know, and. Check, check the ego you know i i'm like oh well i can do i can do 10 press on each side with a with a 50 pound kettlebell time to move up <clears throat> no you know <laughs> like i that i never that that was my original way of thinking but then you know it got to a point where i had this like arsenal of kettlebells like a couple of years ago and um you know realizing that i had i had days where i could move some of them and days where I couldn't move some of them, you know, if I had a 48 kilo or 106 pound kettlebell. Um, and there were days where I could do a Turkish getup with that or days where I could even swing it or clean it or whatever. <clears throat> and some days I couldn't. So I'm like, there's something kind of wrong with that. You know, maybe not entirely because your body needs a rest every now and again and your body tells you something. But I physically hid <laughs> the other, some of the other kettlebells and said, I'm only going to focus on having this 24 kilo, the, the 53 pound kettlebell. And I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to get as strong as I possibly can with my clean, my snatch, my Turkish get up, my strict press, my goblet squat. And I'm going to just, I'm going to rep the hell out, out of the, 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 that particular weight for, I think I did that for like maybe a month, almost two months. 
And then after that, um, you know, the incremental increases in kettlebells are pretty substantial. It's not like you're going to put a, a, a chip on a barbell and say this is, you know, one and a half pounds. You know, the, there are weights in between, but traditional, traditionally with kettlebells, you go from um, 53 pounds to 70 pounds. So you kind of need to be, you know, you go, you go from a 24 kilo to a 32 kilo traditionally. So you need to have that solid foundation um, of strength. And not only that, but you need to have that solid foundation of, of form, um, you know, really honing your form. Dan John said, swing as heavy as you want. You know, the swing isn't going to hurt you. How you do the swing is going to hurt you. A deadlift isn't going to hurt you. How you do the deadlift is going to hurt you. Right. Um, so, so just learning your form and repping the absolute hell out of whatever movement it is that you want to do is what is going to get you, you know, to where you want to be. It take, and it takes time. And it was the same, it was the same thing with, with the mace. I know, you know, you commented on the 40 pound mace. Um, my progressions with that, you know, I learned, I, I talked to Rick Brown, you know, I asked him, uh, Mr. Mace man, who is like one of the night, he's like one of the nicest, most down to earth, human beings like you could ever like you you want to have a beer with him like he's he's like the nicest dude i talked to him and i said when when is the time when do you move up and his answer was if you can go for five minutes with the particular weight then look at moving up but you know he said you know always go home always always look at your your original mace just pick a day and just don't put it down um so some guys have said reps, if you can do like 100, 100 10 to 2s or 100 360s in either direction, maybe then start thinking about moving up. Rick said five minutes. To me, you know, in, in America, Rick is gospel. I don't know about the, uh, um, you know, the, the Palwani wrestlers in the uh, cars in India, you know, how they, they work with the goddess. But um, go ahead. Apparently, their form... Um, and this is based on upon a, a, a podcast I did with um, Harbeats out of Europe. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. He he visited and, uh, you know, he actually sat in on a podcast. He was doing a, a workshop. And we were talking about his adventures in India because, you know, he keeps a motorcycle there. And when he <laughs> flies into India, he has a motorcycle. It's, uh, he has, he's living an incredible life. He's not even 30 yet. And um, – yeah, he's a, he he's a like, wild dude, yeah. Yeah, and, and he, he said that their form isn't even really that good out there. Like, they're just kind of like, do this. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah, he, you know, um, I don't know if you, have you, have you ever looked at anything that um, uh, Paul Wolkowinski, did yeah. you know him? Yeah, big club, so he, Indian yeah, clubs. Clubs, goddess, yeah, he he has all the, I made, I made my my first gata, my, my first homemade gata was one of his tutorial videos that taught me how to do okay. it. But yeah. um, he was talking about how, you know, you have like this, this Western, like, cause a lot of the guys over there, they do, it's a lot, a lot of one arm, you know, you see, you see a lot of uh, one arm three um, sixties and their style is so, it seems to be so much more fluid than the American and how they, turn how they bring their shoulder over is so much 
more different than how we do it, how we seem to yeah. do it, what's popular over here. Um, whereas, you know, you, you, you tend to see more cross body, whereas they're behind the head a little bit more and bringing it back down, you know, that Western versus Eastern style. But, um, you know, it's, but you see these guys and, you know, I, I guess there's, there's a reason why India has some of like the most successful and prolific wrestlers. These guys are like vegetarian machines who have all these, like, you know, you see like a 120 pound guy working with like a 50 plus pound huge stone god of that they're just like whipping them around like it's nothing um i definitely think there's something there's something to be said for that yeah some of the by our standards you know seeing some of the form that these guys do just looks like absolutely reckless you know like how they how they do it but um it's still really interesting to see uh the the differences between the two and from what i've read i don't know if you've ever read uh, uh, Hanuman Power. Have you ever heard of I've that? I've seen it. So it's yeah, this this guy right here. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah right. You learn a whole lot. Um, yeah, you you learn. There's a lot to learn in that book, uh, uh, and they speak a lot to the the fluidity of it, um, using letting the body move how how it's going to move. Yep. So I think. Um, one of the things that I like most about how kettlebells and the mace tend to complement each other is that the um, style, style of ke the hard style kettlebell is, you know, it's it's ballistic. It's a full body tension. Like with every movement you're doing, you're you're flexing your core, you know, your your lats, your everything, quads, everything from the ground up um, is staying tight, you know, except with the the swing. In the top position, you know, as you come up with it, you relax yourself a little bit. That's really the only break that you get. Other than that, you spend a tremendous time under tension, especially with the overhead press. Um, you know, that's literally everything is tight. I've taught a couple of friends the overhead press, and I like to take an empty water bottle <clears throat> and I put it in their their other hand that doesn't have the kettlebell, and I say, I want to hear it crinkle, crush, crush it. You know, um, and that. The overhead press again starts in the rack position here, and as you're going up, everything is flexed. You're bracing with your core, like you're waiting to, to take a punch. You know, everything, absolutely everything is flexed. So, with a good hard style workout, um, I, to me, one of the best, most relaxing, and almost re rewarding ways to end, end up workout is with, you know, that nice fluid, yeah. you know, uh, uh, motions that you get with. With, with a steel mace, you know, and of course, sometimes, you know, if I'm, if I'm practicing my 360s with a, a, a 40 pound mace, it's not always the most relaxing thing in the world, but like with a, a 15 or a 20 and you're, you're just sitting there and, and you're doing, you know, little 360s or you're switching it. I mean, you just, you can just zone out and, it, and um, how it complements your body, how you're able to relax a little bit and enjoy the, that, the fluid motion of the mace is just, I think it, it definitely complements each other very well. So after a, a hard kettlebell workout, you like to scale it down, bring yourself back down a little bit by just doing some good fluid swings, some 360s, some 10 and 2s, and that starts to just kind of bring you from this high-tension state, and, and it's sort of like a cool-down process, right? Right, exactly. Um, you know, it's uh, – I, I try to stretch – 
as I've, as I've gotten older, you know, I, I never stretch, but now, you know, right before I start just uh, stretching, I almost, I almost deload with, with lighter kettlebell, or I'm sorry, with a, with, a, with a lighter mace after, especially after press days or if I'm doing, you know, uh, Turkish get-ups, like volume day with Turkish get-ups, really great way is to just sort of, you know, just sort of like chill out with the mace and um right. it's definitely still challenging you're still definitely getting everything but um and you know you still are you're getting things that you may have missed with the kettlebells you know the mace is just so incredible but working um you know your uh uh your stabilizer muscles you know all the tiny little muscles that are in there that that take the pressure off the bigger muscle groups you know the, Personally, I haven't really found something that's better at it than clubs and mace and whatnot. You know, because you're getting in that that swing motion. I mean, you're you're just you're getting everything: your intercostals, your obliques, your abdominals, everything in your shoulders, your traps, your forearms, your biceps, your triceps. I mean, it's really it's an incredible tool to say the yeah. least. I um I noticed when I was watching your videos when you were training with your kettlebells. You, you, you spoke about this earlier, uh, about having good form. You were just speaking about it now, how you want to have everything flexed, a lot of tension from your feet all the way up to your head. And you could actually see it in your videos. And that was the first impression that I got when I was checking out what you were doing. You look like you're pulling your strength and your power out of the ground through your feet. Yeah. yeah. And, and you could see it. And, it, you know, as you were talking about, you know, squeezing your glutes and everything, you could actually see it in that, in that form. It, it's very nuanced. You, you would have to um, kind of watch a lot of different videos, different people, watch yourself as a beginner. If you're just new to kettlebells, you'll see the difference. Yeah. You'll see the difference. You wouldn't, it's not something you would just pick up. You got to develop your eye for it, but you could definitely tell when a, a, a person is, doing an exercise right and um the you could see this you're you're lifting a lot of weight a lot of times and um you're strong and and it's that paying attention to the form and i don't know are you actually perceiving that in your mind that you're pulling the power out of the earth like you're grounded and uh, pulling it up or is it just the paying attention to the form and that's it um <clears throat> I, I sometimes i definitely have to remind myself to do it i don't even know how many times i've put a kettlebell up over my head but every now and again you know i'll, I'll put a rep you know I'll, I'll, I'll press up and i'm like that felt terrible what am i doing oh yeah i didn't you know i wasn't squeezing my quads you know and, yeah um so it's still de it's still definitely something that i have to be mindful about especially when you are if you're doing volume um to just kind of reset and just you know i i kind of think of it like i'm i'm uh um uh, what's the best way that i can put it i want to create a pillar you know of of you know as the kettlebell is going up i my body is the platform in the same way that someone who's bench pressing uses the bench i'm you know for lack of a better term on the bench you know that that weight is going up over overhead and I'm, I'm bracing my body. I'm creating that foundation, that platform to put that weight up over my head. I know when my form starts to get sloppy, when I'm not, you know, flexing my glutes, when I'm not flexing my quads, when I'm not um, bracing my abdominals again, like it's, 
in some of the kettlebell books, they say to brace like you're, you're waiting to, to take a punch to the gut. Um, uh, once you learn how to do that, you know, because when I was first learning how to press, I just thought it was, you know, shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. But then when you're engaging your lats, you know, it's amazing how much more weight you can move when you're using your entire body to get under something and, and push it. You know, I, I consciously, I don't think like, oh, I'm, I'm pushing it up. No, I'm pushing it away from me, you know, as hard as I possibly can. And um, with that full body tension and that grip, when you just, you're grabbing the handle and trying to crush it, um, being conscious of those things as the weight goes up, um, it's incredible. And also where your hand position is on the actual handle, whether it's out a little bit more and more of the weights over your shoulder versus if your hand is, you know, handles running across here and you're in that horn by that horn as opposed to the one out here. Even your hand position makes it a little bit easier. You know, I've been doing get-ups for a long time and someone pointed out that, hey, if you just move your hand over a little bit and get your pinky out towards this way and get more of the weight over your shoulder, you'd be able to put up more weight, lo and behold. You know? <laughs> right. Um, so I'm still learning about, yeah, I'm still learning about like these, again, form and um, the game changers, things just to be, to, to be conscious of. Yeah, when um, I notice, um, I'm, I'm, I've been doing, I was actually doing Turkish get-ups with a, with a dumbbell this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're getting back up and you got to get that leg underneath you, you want that. I noticed what you're talking about. So I'm thinking about what's up here. I'm trying to keep that here. And then my mind starts thinking about getting that leg underneath, under, right underneath you want it so you don't have the leak. And then while yes. I'm doing that, my, my forearm is, my, my arm is rotating and I'm losing my perfect, you know, mm. he perfectly held column, if you will. Yeah, the pit, that pillar that like yeah. yeah because I thought about my foot, I thought about my leg, <laughs> and and now, you know, if you're somebody who's swinging a mace, you know, you and you never tried a kettlebell before, if you could just connect the dots here on what I'm saying, when we do stuff with a mace, you know, we're thinking about our form, how we're swinging and everything, and how sometimes we think about one thing and then the other thing gets sloppy. It's the same thing with the Turkish yeah. get up and, 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 and a lot of other things. But if you want to try something, if you're into mace and you never tried a Turkish get up before, you're going to appreciate it because it really is um, a disciplined exercise that requires your pinky all the way down to your pinky toe to be doing the right thing. Right everything firing at once and to me i think the um yeah if i if i had to choose two exercises only two exercises to do for the rest of my life it would probably be the turkish get up and and mace work no. of those two if i had to choose one exercise to do i'm sorry go ahead finish that thought I, of those two if i had to choose one exercise to do for the rest of my life it would be the get up okay um, and Tell us more about that. What do you see? What do you see so beneficial about it? And um, does it is it something that really improves overall strength? Um, does it make you more jacked? Um, I think if it does, it, it does. It improves overall strength. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I find that I originally found the most beneficial with to get up is 
there's there's no place to hide. If you have an imbalance somewhere, if you have a weakness somewhere, if you have a deficiency somewhere, there's no cheating it. Like you're gonna find it, and not only will the get will, will the get up help you identify where that deficiency is, it will help you correct it. Um, you know, will it make you jacked? I mean, it. To def define like, well, it, it'll it'll definitely give you big shoulders, lats, things like that. It's not going to make you look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club, probably, you know. But some of the strongest people that I see, not only in real life, but in you know, there's there's a video again of Rhino Strength doing a get up with a 135 pound friend of his, you know, and yeah, to to be able, yeah, to to be able to work your shoulder through multiple planes of motion while maintaining, you know a weight overhead while getting up off the ground. I mean, anyone who says they oh get ups or circus like silly no, or they're, whatever. They're, they're yeah, they're they're le they're legit. I think people who bash them don't know, you know, it, it's like it's like having a Porsche and not knowing how to drive stick. Yeah. You're going to think the car sucks if you don't know, you know, like you, you know, if you don't really know about it, if you don't know um how to operate it, you you're not gonna like it. I've seen. I've. I have some friends of mine. I have a powerlifter buddy of mine um, who was humbled by a 50-pound kettlebell Turkish get-up. He's like, I need to start doing these. Um, just be. And, and I mean, the overall benefits again, strength. Um, people use the term mobility a lot. Uh, you know, it's it's just you're moving through so many different planes of motion. Um, well, what's Even cool about it, it is that you, yeah. it's overhead, so that doesn't change. Your arm stays there, but you're saying that you're changing the planes of motion for the shoulder. Well, what's changing? It's it's your torso in so, to your shoulder. Your 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 shoulders there, but everything else is changing. So you hit, you know, when you're when you're laying on the ground, when you have the get up loaded, you know, you're you're in that. Um, almost like the top position of, of a bench press or a press. And as you, as you go up, as you notice, you know, you start here and then you're, you're pressing up this way. And then you're in this, you know, you're in, uh, in one position, you're almost like in the top position of a side press. Yeah. So as you go up and as you come back down, I mean, you're, you're hitting, your shoulder is hitting almost every single plane of motion while you are trying to do your best to maintain full body tension you're bracing the weight overhead with your trap with your lat with your core with everything you know if you start to lose that that tightness that time under tension with the get up you're not going to have a good time you know if yeah, you, you start to fatigue fast uh, again get ups big and yeah um again get ups with poor grip strength you know having a nice solid grip where you're able to just squeeze it out of the handle again rhino strength i said what's what's the get up what's the trick with it and he's like well rep them out learn form rep it out as would always say keep it tight core stay tight and try and crush the handle you know and, and that will and if you start to feel your shoulders slip if you start to get down into this position punch it up the best you can and grip the hell out of the handle and of course always remember you know Kettlebells, kettlebells are right away. So, <laughs> uh, if you got to if you got to bail with it, just be careful there. But yeah, to me, I think again, it, it hits probably every muscle group in your body. It puts you in different positions where you have to maintain that column of strength. Um, it's time under 
hypertension, it's, you know, core, it's shoulder, it's your posterior chain, it's everything. It's everything your body is completely firing at once uh, to get that, to stand up and get that weight overhead. And then as you're coming down in the lunge position, you are still maintaining that weight overhead with full body tension, keeping your core tight. I mean, it's what, what doesn't it hit, you know? And then. Yeah, I feel like it's a good um, exercise for MMA fighters. Uh, we lost you again. Damn. Awkward. You there, Tyler? Shit. What the hell's going on here? All right. So we had a little internet interruption there, and I had to get Tyler back on the line. So a little funky edit there for you. But Tyler, uh, we're still we're still alive and we're kicking. So we were talking a lot about kettlebells and and uh, all your training with kettlebells, which, you know, you, you seem to really have a lot of good knowledge. I think you're going to be my, my consultant for the podcast from now on. When I need to go to somebody about kettlebells, you're, I'm going to get you on the line. But how long have you been training with kettlebells? Um, coming up on, uh, oh, man, four Sounds years. Like a long time. How long? No, no, actually, actually not. You know, it hasn't been that long. It's been maybe um, – Almost five years, I think. But oh, that's good, man. That's a good amount of time. It, it hasn't necessarily. I, I can't say. It, I can't say it's been consistent. You know, dealing uh, with you know injuries and, and things like that. There have been um, a lot of times where I've gone months without being able to. Most most recently, it was almost um, after my shoulder and and the concussion I got. It was about six months before I could actually touch kettlebell. Yeah. Um, during that dur during that time, that was just mostly you know light mace training to get the shoulder going. Yeah. So did but, did uh, you find the mace because of that need? You you needed to go outside the box and and find something a little bit more chill so you could train, or did were you already uh, on with the mace? So I I saw um who was he? Uh, there there was, there's this guy on uh, Instagram. His name is uh, Heathenly Father. Yeah. Um, so I saw him, you know, working working with Agata, and I'm like, that looks pretty cool. What what could possibly be the benefits of that? So I started. Um, I had a 16 pound husky sledgehammer, yeah. and that I would I would do you know tire slams and with and whatnot. I'm like, I'm gonna start trying this, this whole maze thing, you know, and and or at least like swinging it around. And I was immediately, despite the weight kettlebell wise that I was moving at that time I'm like I'm a strong dude I can handle 16 pounds and I couldn't yeah you know and so it was like it's just you know you, you can't and um you know how the the mace just kind of wants to drag you into you know deeper waters you know like almost right off the bat so it was really more of a of a cure of a curiosity thing and um I started to see more and more people use it uh and I just Kind of wanted, wanted to jump in and see what it was all about, and I just immediately fell in love with the process of of uh, getting better. And then uh, up until that point, I had yet to be able to find something that worked my grip so much. 
uh, and immediately, you know, like right off the bat, you know, work, working with that, you know, I was, I would get through a couple reps of 10 of twos. Well, in the early days, it was, you know, like eight and whatever, you know, <laughs> when you're learning the form, not, not so much 10 and two, it's right. kind of all over the place. But like you get, you get through a couple of reps and your, you know, your grip and your forearms are just screaming and you're like, oh man, was I really like, was my grip really that not up to par, you know? And again, like I said, with, with the get up, it's hard to hide with the mace swing, you know, it, it will, will point out your imbalances. It will point out, you know, where you're, where you're lacking um, with it. But then uh, I started, no beyond the grip, I started noticing things uh, like the, the rotational strength um, or cross body stabilization, you know, pulling up, pulling up a hose off a hose bed or uh, other things like that, bringing things down overhead. Um, you know, my beloved tire slams got even more intense just because, you know, the, when you're learning the, the true pull over your shoulder and bringing it back, I mean, working your whole body doing that. And then when I started learning better form, you know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you remember when, um, that like the light bulb went off the light, you know, uh, above your head when you're doing the mace work. And then you really started to feel it in your abdominals and your obliques yeah. and all that. When you really started, you really start to dial in the form and you're like, okay, <laughs> like yeah. there, there it is, Yeah. you know, and, um, you get that. And I, I've always been back dominant because of kettlebells and, you know, having something nice to, uh, you know, to, to kind of really, really get your core firing because, you know, the, the core will anchor your back, you know, a solid core will, will help even out your back. Um, I found that the, the benefits of the mace and having cranky shoulders to begin with, which are, I mean, it, it was like a miracle worker for my shoulders. Once um, again, I would like to point out, here is an other individual who says they have cranky shoulders, shoulder issues. You just retired, uh, recovered from a shoulder surgery and you're pointing out how beneficial the mace is. And 100, 100%. Learning. I'm just a real, I'm a yeah. real chippy guy. I, I, I like to get to fights a lot and, and I get a lot of comments from people saying <laughs> like, Oh, that's gotta be bad for your shoulders. And I just like to point yeah. it out as much as possible that I haven't had one person on this podcast say it was bad and they all say it's good and we're almost up to 70 episodes at this point so yeah. really like what's yeah well it, it's the same thing so when to look at a kettlebell swing and let's say oh man your, your lower back must be taking a beating no it, it doesn't if you're doing kettlebell swings with bad form if you're you know if you're doing kettlebell swings with bad form you're, you're going to destroy your lower back if you're doing kettlebell cleans with bad form you know i have friends who you know, like, oh, I just got a kettlebell, and, like, they're learning how to clean them, and, like, oh, man, my forearms are getting all beat up. Like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So it's the same thing with, with yeah, it's the Can same you, thing with the mace where I've had people – go ahead. Finish that thought, but I got a question. Go ahead. Sure. I was going to say it's the same same thing with the mace where, um, you know, especially you look at the beginning of the pandemic when people's gyms were closed and – People are buying up maces and kettlebells and all these yeah. things and they have no idea how to use them. And someone's like, oh man, I'm, I'm using the mace in my lower back from trying to do this. And, you know, my shoulder is sore. And I'm like, well, send me a video. Yeah, like send me a video of, of how you're doing it. And I'm like, here's a list of things you're doing wrong. And that's, that's why it, it hurts. 
So, um, but no, I, I, I will 100% say that I have never, but besides when I got my four, the 40 pound mace and that didn't, that wasn't even pain from the mace. That was just my body adjusting to that new, yeah. that just destruct that destruction. Um, I've never tweaked anything right. with, with the mace and people are like, Oh, that can't be good for your shoulder. No, what's not good for your shoulder again, is just sitting in that one plane of motion, bench pressing, um, curling above what you can do and having, you know, the biceps tendon, everything that runs up in your shoulder, you get that inflammation and that tendonitis and, and all that other stuff. You start to experience that pain. So you lay off your shoulder. That's what's bad for your shoulder. Right. Um, you know, it, it, again, very it's the most complex joint in in the body why not work every single plane of motion so when you folk when you're either focusing on you know just a, a a push and a pull and not that rotation that's what's bad for your shoulder so um you know your body's meant to be used and active and and, and all that and we have all these muscles in here for a reason and with the mace that's just it hits again the stabilizers all those little things that you just don't don't get so did you receive um, coaching for learning how to use um, the kettlebell and the mace, or were you self-taught? So I got um, it, with with the kettlebells that some of that in the beginning was a bit of trial and error, and then um, I ran into someone because finding proper kettlebell coaching is hard. You know, there are a lot of people out there who say they do it, and then I'm like, show me a couple of swings, and you're like, oh. No, you know, my, my goodness, it, it, it's funny, you know, not to get sidetracked, but you know, if you, if you look on YouTube or even if you hit Google image of somebody doing a kettlebell swing, you know, they're, they're, it's not good. No. Um, so I did, you know, I did what I could and then I got in touch with uh, a guy named Ryan Van Brackle. He's um, RVB fit on, um, on Instagram. He came down he's he's like a, a kettlebell genius you know he um uh does a lot of sport you know competition style kettlebell those sadists who you know they have yeah. five ten minutes on the clock and they bang out like 400 snatches or something like that it's insane those guys you know they need a hug but um so he 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 came he came down and he's like and he was able to very quickly say you know this is what you need to fix your hinge looks terrible, you know, <laughs> you like, you, you got to do this, 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 and this. And he showed me all the, the, the tips and tricks. Um, so coaching as far as kettlebells go is absolutely vital, but good coaching is hard to find. That's like the, the catch 22. Yeah. Um, but these days, again, with guys like Ryan, um, Joe Daniels, swing his kettlebell. Uh, Joe Daniels is, He's a heck of a coach. Um, there are a lot of guys out there who offer incredible online coaching just because access at your local gym to good kettlebell coaching isn't, it's not very common. Um, so uh, that being said with the mace, that was a lot of watching guys like Paul Wokolinski, Heathenly Father, um, Rick Brown, uh, Kevin Stokes, you know, you, these guys, you can all find them all on, on Instagram. Um, talking with them obsessively, watching videos, reading books, um, 
learning about the different positions and really, really taking the time to, because again, who, who coaches Mace? You can't, you know, walk in a, in a Planet Fitness or 24-hour fitness and be like, hey, I, you know, steal Mace, you know, and, and, and I hate to say it, and I don't want to sound like a jerk saying this, but there are a lot of people out there doing certifications and there are a lot of people out there teaching the Mace that don't know how to swing a Mace. I'm not saying I'm like, some sort of you know proficient expert in it by any means i know that i definitely have a lot to learn there are a lot of people out there who you know it's a little scary but well so. a good sign of a, a a good coach is that they say something like i still have a lot to learn they're always oh, yeah. they're yeah. always learning i mean if you have a coach that's like yeah no nah, i know how to do that i'm yeah they might not know how to do everything they might not be a good coach i'm not Right. Trying to make a, like a, you know, stereotypical statement or something like that. Like that's, you oh, gotta take it with a grain of salt, but um, yeah, it, these movements do require constant repriming and because we're also uh, getting older, right? So our movement patterns might change yeah. due to, I always like think about golf swings and stuff like that. Cause back in the day I used to play golf with my father a lot and it's the same thing we talked about earlier, everything from your pinky down to your pinky toe. It, once, once one thing starts getting squirrely on you, your form starts to break down along the whole chain. And you don't see it happening, happening when you're in it. You're, you're like, um, it's almost imperceptible. It's a slow change. You have one little movement off. And by the time you go all the way through to the end of the movement, something is, is way off. And it's slow, tiny, little incremental um, problems, like wavering in your form. So a good coach might go see another coach just so they have outside eyes on them. Oh, definitely. And, and, and again, <clears throat> you, can, you can relate that to the, to the fire service as well. You know? Yeah. You, know, you want to have as many tools in your toolbox as you, as you possibly can. And, um, you know, learning uh, – Again, you know, talking to Paul or Rick Brown, you know, you're going to learn different things from different people. And so far, I found it to be all beneficial. Now, I, I generally focus on those two guys because I'm not like a big Mace flow guy. Um, you know, definitely not not knocking it at all. You know, some people are. I, I just I like to keep things simple. Um, you know the. 360 as fancy as I get with a mace is you know the the ballistic curls that's yeah you know that that's about as as uh, as fancy as I get um, you know but uh, it, it in my own research and my own findings you know it, it definitely is something that it's it, you constantly need to be doing you know talking talking to Rick you know I like you know, nervously, humbly sent him a video of me of doing 360s. I'm like, oh man, just like rip it apart. And he said, looks great. Just do like 10,000 more reps and you should have it. And I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> you know, and that's, he's like, yeah, looks, looks fine. Just, you know, now, now just do, do reps for the rest With of your the life. With the working. And um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and again, unfortunately with the lack of, people out there like again it's not really accessible to where you can drive down to, to your gym and walk in and have someone be like i am proficient enough with the steel mace to teach you how to do, do it you got to rely on a lot of 
research. You got to rely on yeah. online stuff. You got you got to rely on actually getting in, getting into your book, and getting into your books and reading like, all right, this is how they do it in India. Again, that that Hahnemann Power book really breaks down a lot of the movements. So, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like you can walk into almost any gym and have someone probably teach you how to deadlift, but as far as getting like competent instruction for a kettlebell swing or a mace 10, 10 to two, it's hard. No, it's, it's yeah. definitely hard to find resources out there. Now, do you see but, yourself um, uh, getting into coaching um, as, as you move along? You know, it, I, uh, I don't, I don't know because I see all the guys again, you know, uh, Joe Daniels, um, you know, swing this kettlebell, you know, uh, Rhino string, Kevin Stokes, you know, Ryan Van Brackle. I see all these guys out there and they are so good and they are so proficient and they're brilliant when it comes to, to working out. And I look at that and I'm like, you know what? I'm just let them do it. You know, all right. Um, but as far as like, yeah, when I look at your videos, I'm like, this guy is good. He's proficient. He knows what he's doing. You're in Maryland. I don't yeah. know where Rhino is, but if somebody in Maryland, he's, I believe he's out in, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants yeah. to get coaching, like, like you said, you helped some guys with, with kettlebells and stuff like that. You could show somebody yeah. how to swing a 10 pound mace. If you're swinging a 40 pound mace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that, that, um, I thought about something that, that I would consider maybe on like a smaller scale, but like it's mostly always just, start small, you know, having a, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's for me, it's, it's been about um, having a couple of bodies or like a, a friend or two over in, in the shed. You know, I mean, I have this big old, the kettlebell shed of glorious victory. I was going to ask you about that. It um, that looks like a shed you're training. And first question is, do you have an air conditioner in there? Yeah. Okay. Cause that would get stuffy yeah. as hell. It does, but for me, that that's that's part of the fun, you know. I um, I, I start, oh god, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, and, and it's got green siding on on it, so the sun it just sucks the sun off, and it gets really, really hot in there. Does it me, smell it like gym socks the in there? That. No, it's not. I I have a, a horse stall mats yeah. that are made out of like the recycled stuff. So no, I've had them in there for like two years. And it still smells like them. No matter how many times I mop them or clean them, <laughs> that's a good smell. Mop them or clean them or whatever. That's um, like motivational yeah, when you it, smell that. That's like, mm, yeah, I want to get some. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, it, it part part of the training in there. You know, it's if, if you're if you're a fireman, you, you're a firefighter. You you train. You should be uncomfortable and hot and deal with. You know, dealing with the heat and dealing with the uh, yes, um, I like that. Being, I'm just picturing that. Yeah. a Turkish getup, hot, a lot of sweat coming off your body, right? Mm -hmm. Your grip, it's like all slippy in your hands. There's yeah. just sweat dripping. Your hand is on the mat as you're coming up. Your hand slips a little bit. It, you just you can't yep. get into a comfortable position, and that's it, you, perfect. Yeah, I like that. So, that's something something that I was that I was going to talk about when you when you get to that point where you get that mixture like under you of like chalk and sweat and it just starts to get like you know um, really really slippery again that's when having being conscious of your form and knowing exactly where to put your hand knowing where to put your your knee you know 
not being sloppy in your form comes into play. Um, because when, you know, like lately, it's, it's you know, it's Maryland. And I live right on the Chesapeake Bay. Nothing ever dries here. It's always humid. You know, it's, it's always nasty. You know, and, um, you know, once, it, yeah, once the mats start to get wet and once they start to get, like, really sweaty and nasty, being dialed in and being conscious of where your body is moving um, is kind of part of why I do it in there. Um, I like that. So, but yeah, it's, it's good times. And, you know, there, there, you know, I try, I, I never really tried to, um, I didn't want to be one of those guys, even though I have, I have like one or two posts or maybe more, I don't know, of me doing something in gear or me doing something with a pack on. I didn't want to be one of those guys primarily who was just like, I'm going to do deadlifts in my, my, my turnouts. But at the same time, at the same, at the same time, you know, it, it is important to, you know, you can, you can be as nimble and, and strong and whatever as, as, as you are, but when you got all your gear on and you mentioned gloves before, your dexterity goes down, you know, your, everything, your sight, everything. Yeah. You know, you have it's, 34, oh, what, what are the, what, yeah, like what are the new, what are the new Scots weigh? Like 34 pounds. pounds on your back and. It's 50 pounds. Right. And I don't know, are you guys carrying a rope bag now? A bailout bag? Um, no. You know, the, the pack no. on, on the side? No. No. no you're not. We, we got those a couple of years ago, whatever. That's another 10 pounds. So we, yeah. we, just, we just added 20 pounds to our gear recently um, over yeah. the past few years. And, you know, uh, there, there, there's some guys that are like, complaining, like, oh, it hurts. You know, I'm carrying all this extra weight. And I'm looking right at their stomach going, uh, you're talking about that thing? Or are you talking about your gear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. And I'm like, well, maybe if you lose the 20 there, it'll make up for the 20 we just put on in the gear. But right, right. Our I remember it was like it was like a, a few years ago we were switching over, and um, you know I remember one of the guys you know they, it was right when we were going from uh, this was in Jersey too we were going from the wire packs to like the the harnesses that are supposed to sit and I remember this guy raising his hand he's like this is modern he's like why are things getting more complicated why are things getting heavier it's like right. I don't understand it's that firefighter logic like this makes no sense. Why are we seem to be going backwards? Things are getting heavier, but yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, like like when when you think about it, and again, you know, bringing it back to the mace and and training that off balance, that uneven ballistic, you know, movements. Again, you're not doing something linear like a deadlift. You're not doing something linear like a like a bench press, but you're actually controlling the trajectory of a weight, you know, all around yeah. your body. I mean, you can think about that, again, you have that, you know, 30-something pound pack on your back, you have a hose load on your shoulder, and you might be carrying irons, you're off balance, you know, yeah. you need to train that, that cross-body stabilization, you need to train that rotational strength, again, because you are, you're off balance all over the place. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, that's one of the, you know, numerous carryovers that you get from from the mace or with the kettlebell single arm farmers carries so you know you're you're trying to make up for those those uh imbalances in your core but uh so that looking looking at that and again hopefully someone you know someone's going to listen to this not be like screw this guy i'm gonna stick with my big three i want to back squat you know a million pounds or whatever hopefully someone can listen to this and be like 
you know, you're kind of right. You know, I'm, I'm off balance. I'm hanging off, you know, a, a 24 with a leg lock on a rung, trying to swing a pipe pole to pop a window. Yep. There's nothing linear about that. You right. know, there's, there's nothing like, yeah, like you're, you're using so many different. And you might be moves. doing that with a tank on your back and, and, and the helmet you're wearing is putting a lot Not of strain right. on your neck and, um, your 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 core strength needs to be on point there. I was just having this discussion this morning uh, with a guy when I was leaving work, and I said I was going to show him how to use a mace. And um, one thing I, I decided to point out was he said he, he his struggle was he would start a program, go for so far, then get thrown off course, and then he wouldn't be back to working out for months. So I recognized that, and I pointed yeah. out, I said, well, the mace would be perfect for you because anytime you get thrown off course, just go back to the mace. That's your battle plan. Yep. Always yep. have a backup plan. And, and it's, not, it's not the same kind of workout swinging a mace as it is doing all the other stuff. And then I pointed out because he had also had some back problems that after swinging the mace long enough, you're going to develop the proprioception, the mind-muscle connection to mm. your core. And when you need it, and it's and you need it the most on the job out of fire it's going to just happen and it's not yep. going to be something you have to think about and that's where you want to get to with things you, it should just happen your body instinctually knows how to protect its core protect the back and all that stuff and that comes with practice and and just continually working it Absolutely. i hope it was a good sales pitch on him i, I want to see yeah, him you know I, do well yeah and, and that's that's the thing you know if it's you know even if i don't know i don't know the last time you tried to open a hydrant but when you're standing there and you're you're swinging your the hydrant tool around you feel that in your in your in your core yeah you know you know it's and it's the littlest things that you don't think about you know if you're again if you're trying to hand jack ldh you know it's like oh my oh my god you know guys hurt their backs because you know your your, your core is made of chewed bubble gum you know not yeah. to not to sound like a jerk, but it's just it's just it's just factual, you know. If you're not doing things to bulletproof yourself in that way, you know, and of course a strong core will help your back, and then you got to line everything up with a strong posterior chain. If you do that stuff, um, going back to the Turkish get-ups, going back to the mace, you know, you find those weaknesses and you find those imbalances, and um, that is primarily what will lead to the injury. You know, you, you can you can make the choice to strengthen your shoulders in the correct way, and then you can pull ceilings like an animal, and that's not something that you have to worry about. Or you can go overhead, or you can take your homotro tool, you know, the old school ones, and and hold it in a static in a static position, yeah. and not completely not completely gas your arms out because you are relying because you go because you go to the gym and you do curls, you know. You're, you're not just relying on your overworked, overdeveloped biceps to hold a 70-pound tool in a static position for Lord knows how long that cut might be. Yeah. You know, and well, so, you mentioned, and it, yeah. you mentioned squeezing, squeezing the glutes, and, and it's been, you know, I've been yeah. on an engine company now for six months, but I came from the truck company, and we did extrications, and I remember holding the Hamatro and uh, – just being in a position and, and where I was like in a staggered stance, my legs one foot in front of the other. And I remember like I was doing like a, a, a split leg uh, deadlift 
Yep. And 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 I was squeezing my 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 glute, and I put yep. everything on that glute, and I was fine. And I was like, "That is awesome! Just yep. that is awesome right there." And then I I felt like instantaneous yep. relief up here. Yep. Gone. And it, and 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 again, it's that it's the creating your pillars, creating that those columns of strength. You know. Uh, you, you know, again, the, the easiest comparison I can give it to is, you know, you be, you become your own bench during the bench press. If you're relying on that bench to brace you when you're putting that weight up, it's the same thing. If you're, you are you are making yourself the, that platform to be able to, to hold and do whatever. And it is incredible. Like, like you said, when you start to notice those things where you're like, I, I had a cut and you know what? I can, I can still use my hands. Like my forearms are completely gassed. My lower back isn't gassed. My shoulders... Yeah. Because you had everything firing correctly, um, you know, and to anyone, to, you know, if anybody listens to this and they're just going to go out, they're going to be completely flexed trying to do a cut or completely flexed trying to do something. Very important to remember to breathe too. <laughs> yeah. when, when people are all flat, when people are all flexed up and tensed up the you know, they forget to breathe and someone's just going to drop out. But yeah, but yeah the, 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 the breathing. Yeah. Right. The, the breathing aspect of, of being under that kind of tension is also, also huge again as you know you've learned with the mace when you're when you're breathing same thing with the kettlebell swing same thing with even the most basic movements your breathing patterns because you know as we breathe you know we're oxygenating the blood that is coursing to all the you know the, the whole pathophysiology and be behind um, having proper breathing techniques is, is also huge so if anyone who's going to try and you know, flex up to do any of this stuff, make sure you're breathing too. <laughs> but good, um, good message, man. That's but, a good message. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to uh, call this podcast, either I'm going to call it be your own bench or columns of strength. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm going to go with the second one. That, that's really, yeah, that's really, really what it's, what it's about. Columns of strength with it. Tyler Wago. I like that. That's, that's perfect. Not be your um, own bench. Yeah. Save that for something be your else. Own something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's amateur. Be your own bench. Oh, um, yeah, but, and that's really, you know, getting, you know, to, to talk, I mean, I could, I could talk to you for hours about this stuff, but, you know, to, to have, to be an athlete, a firefighter, athlete, whatever you want, and to go into a gym and just say, well, today's arm day, you know, today's back day, today's this day, today's whatever day you know the real world doesn't work like that you know the the job doesn't work like that the dynamic fire you know the, the ever-changing conditions in the fire ground doesn't work like that you need you need to have uh i'm working my whole body day yeah which is another big reason why i went to kettlebell is another big reason why i went to the mace it mimics natural movement you're using you're firing everything and um again you know creating that where your whole body is firing and working together. Yeah. Um, and correcting to add, those imbalances. Th thank you. Yeah. I was just going to say that. It's the imbalances. If you're going, if you're doing a, a five-day split, back, chest, shoulders, whatever, legs, you might have muscle imbalances, and then you're just retraining your muscle imbalances over and over again. And then when you get out in the right. fire ground, those muscle imbalances are the things that are going to get you hurt because yep. one muscle is weaker on the other side of the joint than the other one, which right. puts your, puts you in danger. So your kettlebell training and your mace training that you're talking about is going to round out those, those imbalances. And 
benefit you on the fire ground and then it will also benefit you doing your other training in the gym and everything. Oh, right. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, it all, and it all carries over. I don't, I don't care if you're, you know, cr crawling down a hallway or you're mowing your lawn. Who doesn't want to feel better doing either one? You know what right. I mean? You like, just enjoy yourself yeah. a little bit more when you, when you're moving better. Yeah, exactly. Everything and, feels and it, better. It thought, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm 41, you know, and I should be not. Damn, feeling, you're old. I, I feel like, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm older than you, um, so I can say days, that. Yeah, right. But like, yeah, some, some days, you know, I, uh, I definitely feel, but other, other days, just being able to move well. And again, I attribute a lot of that to Turkish getups, finding those imbalances, you know, finding, you know, curtain strengthening all the uh stabilizer muscles etc etc you know it really um that to me is that that whole real world functional strength that people talk about and yeah that's um, a great way to define it all in yeah in a big long podcast but yeah right, but, right. people do yeah. wonder what functional strength really means i mean aren't i doing functional strength when i do a bicep curl well not really, but yes, but it depends. But if, yeah, I mean, if, 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 if the application, if you need to, you know, pick up a bag of groceries outside of your, you know, from, from your, your trunk and you're doing that with it, sure. Yeah. You know, but if you want to pick up all your, all your groceries at once and walk them into the house and not having your forearms feel like you're on fire, then, you know, functional, yeah. functional to me is that, that full body, again, whether you're, you know, you need to, you know, slide your your refrigerator away from the wall to clean behind it, or again, you're carrying a twenty four foot ladder across a fire, a busy fire ground, and walking over hose lines, and it's crazy, and you still need to throw it on your own. Yep. It's just that day to day, that day to day functionality, that day to day strength, feeling better overall, getting your body working, getting your body firing. Um, that mobility, that to me is that, that functional strength, how your body is actually functioning. It doesn't have to mean, you know, you're a CrossFit athlete or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but just that, that day-to-day -day stuff, you know, so you're not, so you don't end up, you know, how, how many times have you heard someone say, well, I, I got out of my car and I tweaked my back, you know, <laughs> like, right. you, you know, it's just like that, that kind of, that kind of stuff, you know, you, yeah, like, oh, man, I, I was getting up into my truck, and I, I think I pulled something. Like, dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I hear that a lot. And whenever I hear that, I, I say to myself, please, please don't ever let that be me. <laughs> it's just I can't go out like that. No. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I have a buddy of mine who he did MMA for years. He's a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu black belt, um, you know, can lift a ton, move a ton. And the, the guy got through everything basically without a scratch. And um, he pushed in a stool at a bar and just blew his back. <laughs> or like, so some, was there something maybe, maybe was like, no, I mean, this poor guy, you know, he's been in, he's been in some scraps, you know, again, competitive, yeah. top, high, high level Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, for years. And it was just always like, hey, you know, what's going on? And I mean, the guy lift, he lifts up and he moves moves a stool to push it in at a bar, and you see him bend over. And I mean, he was he was laid up for a while, and it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, it can happen to the best of us, but yeah, you know, uh, definitely things you can do to mitigate that. Yeah. But uh, well, look, you know, yeah, I don't know, at the man. End of the day, if you if you do hurt yourself, 
um, and you've already been training, you're, you're probably going to rebound a lot faster. Um, 100%. Yeah. Especially when you don't have atrophied muscles. Like you actually have a strong muscular back and then you tweak it. Well, instead of being out for six months, you might only be out for three months. It might right. be the difference between you having to get a surgery or just stay home and chill out a little bit and recover. Um, because, you know, if you're behind the eight ball already and you don't have developed muscles and you're already atrophied, how much more atrophied are you going to get when you get hurt? A ton more. You're going you're gonna to lose muscle mass either way. You're going you're gonna to lose proprioception anyway. But you might as well give yourself, you know, a full pack of, of, of added muscle to, to wither away before you get down to somewhere. So it, you're just yep, exactly. more well-rounded. Yep. And, I mean, you look at any, any firehouse in the country has that, you know, you have, you have that salty senior man whose shoulders been bothering him for 20 years, you know, has that, like, oh, I can't even put a helmet on, you know. Um, he's, he's everywhere. That guy's everywhere. And so if something hurts, you know, if it's the shoulder, you don't use it. And as you said, you get that atrophy to the point where when, you know, like, well, I don't, I don't, have, the, I don't have the time to burn for uh, shoulder surgery recovery. You know, like, oh, I, don't have, I don't have the leave. I don't want to use my leave for recovery. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get surgery yet. And you're 5, 10, 20 years down the road and you've had a joint that's been bothering you for that long and you haven't been using it. You haven't been keeping it strong. Like you said, that recovery period is going to be not only more uncomfortable and more painful, but it's going to be so much longer um, as opposed to just doing your best to do what you can with what you have. I don't care if you have a two pound weight, try and keep that joint mobile, try and keep the joint strong. But um, again, it goes back to the imbalances, you know, and then your shoulder hurts, your left shoulder hurts, so you don't really use your left arm all that much. So you're making up with over here and, you, you know, with, with the right side and everything gets thrown off. It's like guys with a sore knee and you have an atrophied quadricep and your knee hurts, your hip hurts. That's any guy with a knee problem eventually is going to have a back problem, you know, and any guy with, yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Any guy with a shoulder problem is going to have a neck problem. You know, it's just the way it, the way it goes. But um, so keeping that kind of uh, that maintenance, a certain level of strength and mobility is, is vital, especially in a job as physical as, as firefighting. Then any EMS, how many people do you know back in the day blow their back out lifting someone up off the ground? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's the same thing. Or, and then they don't even have to be huge. You just bend over the wrong way and, you know, and, Right. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's, it's workers comp and you're getting a disability pension. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole lot to unpack with all that. Definitely. Well, that's a good message, Tyler. I, I appreciate all the, um, good quality information here. Um, I always like to point out that for the steel mace nation podcast, uh, I try to bring people on who can actually benefit, you know, with the knowledge and, and anybody who is involved in the fitness world, whether it's just somebody looking to lose a few pounds or if you're a coach, um, the information that we put out here is, is 
you know, very beneficial. You know, you mentioned it earlier about training with different coaches. Everybody has their different ways. So it was really good to tap into your brain. I, you know, I hope you, uh, you wind up applying some of that knowledge that you have. Maybe you can help out other firefighters or whatever. But, hey, at the end of the day, you're on the Chesapeake. You got crabbing. You got fishing. You could just work out and chill yeah. out and, and just enjoy your life, man. You're going to have a healthy, long, productive life. And you're recovering from your injuries uh, very well. So kudos to you on that. And, Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll see each other at a, at a Rick Brown certification or something like that. We'll see what happens. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, we're still, we're, we're still trying to get him out here. Uh, you know, COVID kind of kind of put the, uh, the, the, yeah. the the kibosh on that for right now. But, yeah, definitely still, um, definitely still trying to get Rick out. Again, he's an incredible human being, and anyone who has, you know, questions about the mace can most certainly – he's very approachable. Just an incredible guy to talk to. And and how about yourself? Uh, do you want to put your uh, contact info out there right now, or you'd yeah, rather one, just? Yeah, one, I love helping people. You know, at one hundred percent. You know, I've I've been hit up a couple of times. People ask, and I, I I try and help out however I can. And if I don't know something, I try and find out. But um, yeah, it's uh, on on Instagram. I'm I'm Bayside Mason Kettlebell. Um, you know, DM me, hit me up. Ask me anything, and I'll I'll definitely do my best to try and help you out. And again, if it's something that that I'm kind of iffy with, I'm not gonna sit there and act like I know something. I'm gonna point you in the right direction, and I'm gonna try and get you whatever help that uh, you can get. Try and help you achieve whatever goals you're trying to achieve. Um, but uh, if I can, I just want to give a quick shout to uh, Kettlebell Games Carol. Alex is the absolute man. You know, go over there, buy stuff, you know. <laughs> um, he's doing a lot for uh, uh, kettlebells and mace, and, and um, you know, we're just trying to get him, you know, uh, the attention that he most certainly deserves. He's a hell of a guy, hell of a company. So um, kettlebellgames.com. Kettlebellgames.com yeah. Kettlebell, yeah, 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 kettlebell on Instagram is Apparel, yeah. um, or just kettlebellgames again. I love the Alex, logo. He's yeah. Oh, yeah. I have, you know, I have, uh, without, without the maces, I have the, uh, yeah. the uh, dead weight kettlebell logo. Yeah. Right on my leg here. Oh, oh okay. Cool. I love it. Wait, is he a friend of yeah. yours? Alex is, he's someone who I met through, you know, again, the, the, the kettlebell community. Um, he, uh, we, we talk a ton, you know, he's, again, again, very approachable hell of a guy, nice guy, quality products, you know, he's just an awesome dude, cares a lot about, he's not, not one of those guys who um, forgets the people that help him get to where he is, a lot of people get above like 5,000 followers, and they're like, who are you, <laughs> so, I want a bigger and better thing, more. But, I got yeah. 5,000, yeah, 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 you're out, but uh, yeah, Alex is, yeah, Alex is a hell of a guy, and um, I definitely would try and support the, you know, kettlebell gains, any opportunity you know i can so and Big uh, shout out to him. Wh uh why don't you uh hook him up with me i'll get him on the podcast i'd love to yeah that would be great all right yeah great. send yeah. send the word just tell him uh, we were talking about him on the podcast and and i'd love to have him come on um i'm, I'm totally aware of, of of the product him the you know the the name and everything so 
Um, I think I'm following them. I'm pretty sure. Uh, cool. So, yeah, cool. that'll be great. That'll be great. And yeah, anytime you want to come back on and talk shop and, and uh, or talk shed, because that's where you work out in a shed. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, could talk, I, I, I could talk about – I've rambled enough, and I've had way too much coffee this morning. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, I could talk about this stuff. For hours, I love I, you know I love kettlebells. I love mace. It's been uh, a hell of a journey um, with with both. And I've I've met it's such a tight knit little community. You know there aren't a lot of people out there who are like you know crazy in the kettlebells and yeah. and, um, and and maces. So like the people that you do meet for the most part are just awesome people, and everyone's just trying to help each other out. It's a great yeah. community. Um, and yeah, definitely. Like I said, I could I could go on for hours, but you know I'm sure you. I think you worked yesterday and <laughs> got to go get that nap in or something. Yeah, I'm gonna do a little lunch, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna crush a like a turkey cheese sandwich or something like that with a big salad, right? Got to eat your salad. There you and go. And then I'm gonna yeah. kind of check things out, see, you know, because like you know, because of COVID, my daughter's home from school, so see what she's got going on. And then if I could sneak one in, I'll go lay down on the couch under the fan and just uh, kind of shut it down for a little bit. Hell yeah. I'll be good to go. If not, I'll just go to bed earlier there tonight and see what happens. You know the deal. There you go. I, I certainly do. I certainly will do. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go have some uh, vitamin steak. And then, uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been getting big into uh, uh, Dan John's armor builder lately. I'm trying to develop that, his armor builder complex. The double kettlebell workout, two cleans, one press, three front squat. Um, in addition to everything else that, that I do out – in the, in the shed i've really been trying to, i don't know if you've ever heard of dan john i yeah, yeah i he, listened to his podcast i just started listening uh, yeah he's great man i he, he is like such a nice guy man he is yeah and he's he's forgotten more about strength training than i'll ever know yeah, but um right. you know it, i i always the, the armor builder complex is always something that like like you said you can always go back to the mace you know like you told your buddy if he gets off track with me if i'm ever starting to feel listless or bored or lost in whatever program I have going for myself, I always go back to the armor builder. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, and you're yeah, familiar yeah, two cleans, one press, three months, but are you familiar with his, um, 10,000 swing challenge? I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, okay. Very, so yeah. I, I was just, I actually, I have it written down over here on my whiteboard. Um, I put together my version of a 10,000 swing, mace bell challenge oh so i kind of it's inspired by what he did i i kind of took his workout and then i've been experimenting with it because it would require 500 swings in one workout and i'm looking at like right now 20 pounds right because if i went heavier yeah. it was just beating me up so I'm, yeah. I'm still working it out but uh you know just to give you an example um like i i changed it to um like a push leg pull uh, he's got um, something like that. He has dips in there, but I do uh, everything's push. So like for day one, it would be broken down. You get your swings in and then you do your, your press movement and you move down. But then I throw push-ups in there and stuff like that. Just because the swing is – the kettlebell swing that he does for his 10,000 swing challenge is um, like – he says do 53-pound uh, kettlebell, which yeah. – you know, it, you mentioned that particular weight earlier. Uh, so that's, uh, I guess, what you would consider that a, a moderate weight for a guy to use. So they generally, for, for men, um, 
you know, or, or women, you know, if you're, if your strength level is there and you can swing safely with good form, they generally recommend starting at a 16 kilo, like a, a 35 pound, working your way up to the 24 kilo, the 53 pound. As I said, those, the, the big increments in kettlebells. So you yeah. have like the 16 kilo, the 24, after the 24, you're supposed to go up to the, the 32 or the 70 pound. But, um, yeah, I mean, if and anyone who can swing a 53-pound kettlebell 500 times in a day, you're you're a badass, you know, yeah. no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Um, you know, so, a lot of people don't. A lot of people listening may not see like, oh, 53 pounds, whatever. If you want to make 53 pounds feel like 53 tons, try and swing it. Try and swing it 50 times, you know, in in one set, you know, yeah. for someone who's unfamiliar. Um, but yeah, so 53 is definitely a good like it'll work yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> now let me world. get your opinion this is this is great because i'm gonna i'm sure. gonna put this out i mean it's obviously free you know i'm just gonna put this out as a fun thing but um might as yeah. well get a little tweakage going here what's your opinion because you're swinging some heavy stuff um do you think a 20 pound mace is equivalent i i know it's this is arbitrary or whatever but it, do you think that would be equivalent to the to the 53 pound kettlebell or do you think it would be a little too light i think so so like i said when i first started out with um with the sledgehammers you know and i had i had a 16 pound husky um and at the time i was i was moving pretty decent weight with the kettlebells that that was humbling you know that that 16 pound sledgehammer was was humbling to me i'd, I'd back it way down so where I see, you know, a lot of guys recommend, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of trainers will recommend starting the mace around that 8 to 10 pound range. Again, I think if you're doing 500 swings with a 20 pound mace, you're a badass. Like okay. that's, that's, that's definitely a substantial amount of weight, you know. Um, doing 500 swings with 15 pounds, I think, I think you're a badass. Yeah, I think it's... Um, yeah, it's de it's definitely definitely up there, you know. Okay. And you have, yeah, you have dudes like swinging insane amounts of of weight for lower reps. Again, Rick Brown recommends that five minute increment or that hundred hundred swings in one setting increment. But yeah, um, yeah. twenty pounds is definitely right. twenty pounds is legit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Especially so, for especially for five hundred swings in a day. Yeah, uh, I I'm I'm. That's what what I'm feeling because I, I I've been putting myself through it and uh, I've had some rough rough goes at it. You know, there was the next day I would wake up and like, ooh, not a lot of my swings were uh, perfect form. I could feel it right now, like my elbows and stuff. So you got to have perfect yeah. form, especially as you get deeper into it. So I'm gonna be putting that out pretty soon. Um, hopefully around the time of when this podcast drops, so that way it all kind of interrelates. So yeah, definitely. You you know I I value your opinion on that. So. Um, and and yeah. if anybody says 20, anything, yeah, 20, I'm could point you out as the problem. <laughs> definitely do it. No, 20, 20 pounds, twenty pounds is definitely no joke. That's to me, it's definitely um, that that's an achievement. You know, when it when it comes to, to doing substantial amounts of, of mace work. You yeah. Know, um, but definitely, if someone's trying to find it out for the first time, I would probably for for first time entry level beginner mace user, 
I would definitely recommend scaling it back. <laughs> don't, oh yes. Don't yes. try and do some, don't, yeah, don't try and do entry level mace work with twenty pounds because you're gonna smoke. Yeah. If, in fact, when I write when I write this up, I'm I'm gonna post it up on my website and everything. Um, I'm gonna even say like, if you're a beginner, don't even try to do ten thousand swings in a month. Try to do five thousand swings in a month and, and it's not really a month it's four weeks to five weeks you got four yeah. weeks to five weeks because life gets in the way sometimes and you gotta you gotta miss a day so i'm putting sure. beginners at five thousand swings and yeah start at 10 pounds it's, it's you don't have to do it like as it is you know do it what fits your body or whatever um yeah. don't hurt yourself right right so and the the, the I, one of one of the, another thing I can say about that is you know there are some programs out there that require you to do something almost every day. You know there's the the Western style versus you look at American versus you know you go back to the old Soviet days or now the Russian days where you know the American mentality with moving weight is if you can do ten of something max out do twelve. Yeah. You know and then and then and then what. You're hammered the next day and possibly the day after that. So you're missing two training days. Yeah. You know, there's that old Russian, that, that old Russian, that Eastern European thought where if you can do 10 of something, do five, but yes. do five every day. Yeah. You know, do, do five every day and then, and then work your way up. And if you're, you know, when I was learning to get up, you know, and I was working into that 53 pound, that 24 kilo range. I wanted to do get-ups every single day, but doing get-ups every single day with that 24 kilo kettlebell wasn't realistic. So to be able to scale it back to where I can say, well, I can rely on that 16 kilo kettlebell and then I can bang on the get-ups that I need to get. And I know not every, everybody has the luxury of owning multiple weights of kettlebells, multiple weights of maces, but even... Uh, that's one of the important things about working your way up. So if you start with that eight pound mace, that 10 pound mace, that 15 pound mace, if you want to have a heavy day of, of 5,000 swings, or I'm um, sorry, 500 swings, you can just do it with the eight pound mace, you know, scale back, leave the ego. And that's, you know, one of, one of the things that I took from that, you know, Eastern, European Russian style of things you know where you don't you can take a day off you can do whatever like you said life happens or you're just feeling sluggish or whatever bang out your reps you don't necessarily have to do it with 20 pounds you can do it right. with eight pounds still get the movement in and focus on whatever yeah. you need to focus on that's great I love that and at the end of the day that's all it is you're not going to get a, a ticket in the mail because you didn't do the right weight and the right volume do what makes sense right you, yeah you know? Yeah, and then and 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 you look at you look at look at athletics in America where you have you know in, in a lifetime you have you know one Wayne Gretzky you have one Michael Jordan you have one LeBron James you know you whomever you're like oh the next phenom the next whatever the next you know the the next guy or the the next male or female athlete who is just like you know off the charts talented you know. Um, you know, you get, you get like the, like Jackie Joyner, Percy, you know, you get these like incredibly talented male and female athletes who are just like destroying records and, 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 you know, blowing, blowing minds and all that. But over there you have, you'll have an entire gym of guys who are, you know, men and women. You look at, you look at the female um, gymnasts, 
or the power lifters or the hockey players, it's like almost every single one of them is like this beast, <laughs> you know? And I think that boils down to having that if you can do 10, do five, but do five every day, more time spent in the gym, more time spent training, more time spent, um, you know, honing your craft. You don't have to have those rest days because you maxed out because you just want to screw around and see what your one rep max was and now you're hammered for three days and you're missing three days of training. So, I like but it. again, like I said, I could talk, I, I could talk about this stuff for, you know, all day. We're, <laughs> but, we'll, um, we're going to do this again, man. Don't worry we'll about circle it. circle back. We'll circle yeah. back. I think, I think I'm going to have to, I might have to make this a two part podcast. We'll see. It's a lot. It's a lot. We'll, we'll figure it, it out. But um, thank you very much for, coming on and uh, sharing all that and look forward to talking to you again. Stay in touch. Uh, keep posting up good content. Um, anybody want to see some good kettlebell work, some good mace work, check Tyler out uh, on his Instagram. And um, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy the no, rest of your day. Hey, thank you. I really, really appreciate you taking the time this morning, especially after a shift. Not a problem and, at um, all, man. It's I, great I, to talk to you. Definitely looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to doing it again, man. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Right and back stay at safe. you. Stay safe and injury-free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, thanks man. a lot. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. All right, take care.